Hey, my name is Sindra Kampoff, and I'm a small town Minnesota gal, Minnesota nice as we like to say it, who followed her big dreams. I spent the last four years working as a mental coach for the Minnesota Vikings, working one-on-one -on -one with the players. I wrote a best-selling book about the mindset of the world's best, and I'm a keynote speaker and national leader in the field of sport and performance psychology. And I am obsessed with showing you exactly how to develop the mindset of the world's best so you can accomplish all your goals and dreams. So I'm over here following my big dreams and I'm here to inspire you and practically show you how to do the same. And you know, when I'm not working, you'll find me playing Miss Pac-Man. Yes, the 1980s game, Miss Pac-Man. So take your notepad out, buckle up, and let's go. This is the High Performance Mindset. Hey, it's Sindra. If you're an entrepreneur, a salesperson, or a business leader, and you're looking to get more clarity on where you're going, if you'd like to be more connected to your purpose and ultimately make more money, we'd love to talk to you. I would like to give you a special invite to request a free call with me by emailing me at syndra at syndracampoff.com. Again, that's syndra at syndracampoff.com. Welcome to episode 512 with Corey Perlman. This is your host, Dr. Sindra Kampoff, and I'm excited and grateful that you're here today to listen to this incredible episode with Corey. Corey is a speaker, a consultant, and a nationally recognized social media expert. His latest book, Social Media Overload, ranked number one on Amazon.com in every major business category. Corey's spoken for brands such as General Motors, the PGA Tour, and Cisco Foods on how to drive business results through social media. His company called Impact Social Incorporated employs a team of highly skilled digital specialists that manage the social media accounts for over 40 businesses. And while not working, Corey loves singing Jimmy Buffett lullabies to his young son, that sounds fun, and trying to overtake his daughter for the most Instagram followers. And in this episode, Corey and I talk about the mental barriers that get in your way of digital media, what it actually means to be authentically social on social media and steps so that you can step into your authentic self more on social media. He also provides us tips on actually how we can do social media our way and the best ways to find balance with social media. If you'd like to see the full show notes and description, you can head over to syndracampoff.com slash 512 for episode 512. All right, without further ado, let's bring on Corey. I'm so excited to have Corey Perlman join us on the High Performance Mindset Podcast. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Sindra. I've heard you speak several times at different speaker showcases, and we're both members of the National Speakers Association. So I'm pumped to have you here, and I can't wait to learn more about social media from you because I know that you're uh, an expert, and I'm not. <laughs> Not on this topic. Uh, so to get us started, Corey, I just want to um, have you share with people who are listening a little bit about your passion and what you're doing right now. Cool. Well, I would start by saying my passion is being a dad and a, and a husband to my wife, Jessica, and a dad to uh, Talia and Milo. Um, they're about to be going back to school as we record this podcast. So life is always busy and crazy, and it's been a great summer, and it was great seeing you at the National Speakers Association where we get to hang out with some of our speaker friends. That was super cool. 
Um, yeah, I've, I've been in this business for, for over a decade, which is, it's like kind of like dog years, you know, it feels it's like, it's like 70 years <laughs> and in, in internet marketing years, but, um, uh, started out with the e-commerce division of general motors and helping car dealers learn about how to use the internet to sell cars, uh, way back in the day. And that morphed into writing my first book, which was called eBootcamp. And it was just kind of a, a layman terms guide to internet marketing at the time. And, and really just speaking to people who, like yourself, who are not in this every single day and in a way that they understand it. And, and that's what I've been doing ever since. It morphed from internet marketing to social media as, as, as years went on. And so I teach from the stage, businesses and, and, and industries, uh, how to be more successful on social from a business standpoint. And then... Um, People who listen to my talks, who either own businesses or run businesses, um, need help doing it, implementing what I talk about. And so my my team on Impact Social Media does that uh, for about 50 businesses all over the, the country slash world. And, um, and we help them with more engagement, driving traffic, building an audience, and creating thought leadership through social media. And I love doing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you definitely uh, know your stuff. <laughs> your company is uh, doing this for over 50 other companies. That's incredible. So I'm curious about how did you get into digital marketing and, and speaking on it specifically? Yeah, uh, as probably everybody who's, who's listening, we all had that, that person that kind of uh, nudged us out of the nest at some point in our lives to do something scary. And, and mine was just I was listening to my mentor um, teach these car dealers about internet marketing. And uh, I was in the back of the room and one day I hear, you know, Corey. And I was like, what? And he said, get up here. You're doing the next top, you know, subject or, or hour long session. I was like, what? I was a college student. And so I got up there and I bombed miserably and embarrassed myself. And then the next day he asked me to do it again. And the next day again, again, and again, and slowly but surely I got less and less sucky. <laughs> and uh, and found that I really enjoyed it, and it just fueled me. And I loved teaching and being on stage, and and uh, and the rest is history. I've been doing it ever since. And um, you know, I just like I said, I, I think I my best attribute is that I, I'm just myself on stage. Mm-hmm. I connect with the audience, and I make this crazy social media digital world not so crazy and scary, and actually a place that we can do some good and and create some great connections and and do a little business while we're at it. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for sharing a little bit about your story there. And I think it is really overwhelming, you know, as a business owner myself, I think there's so many different platforms and rules of engagement and things that could help, you know, it's really can be really overwhelming when you uh, think about it. And so since our podcast is called the high performance mindset, I want I want to just really ask you this question about like what do you think are the mental barriers that get in the way of us using digital marketing? Yeah, I I really like that question because I think it's super important in in this topic in particular because I I can't tell you how many times I've heard people just say you know I don't want to have anything to do with it or I don't know where to begin or it's just it's just an overwhelming dark scary challenging frustrating place. And I think all of that is true. Um, so, so first I'll validate that it is. Um, I will 
let you in on a little secret. I myself, as a social media expert, I say that in quotations because I'm always learning about it as well. I'm not on there all the time. If I was, you know, I, I think it would be a detriment to my mental health, candidly. Yeah. So I've had to find a balance. And so I think that's my okay. first, yeah, that's my first suggestion to everybody is to know that you don't have to be on it 24 seven and to figure out the amount of time that you want to be on there that feels right to you. Is that an hour a day? Is that an hour a week? You know, and to know that that's okay. And you can figure it out and be successful on social media with whatever time constraints that you want to put around your own investment on social. And once you figure that out, then you got to figure out how to be consistent if it's not going to be you. Sure. And that's what I've figured out for myself. So an example of that, just to be very, very clear, I said to myself, I don't want to learn the nuances of Instagram and Facebook just to, to create perfect videos and shoot perfect reels. That's not me. It's not a good use of my time. So instead the best use of my time is to, and now I know we're on audio. So I'm, I'm showing you my little uh, tripod uh, iPhone holder here. I will take that twice a week and I will take the time to shoot a really, what I would consider a really valuable video. This has nothing mm-hmm. to do with social media. Now it's just shooting a good video, 60 seconds, some value to my audience. Boom, done. Then I send it to someone else who then puts it out on social and does all the little things that I don't like to do. And I think that that's good for people to hear that you can figure out what makes most sense for you when it comes to how connected you are on social, but that shouldn't stop you from being consistent on social media. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think I'm thinking, Corey, about this idea of like your zone of genius and sometimes your zone of genius and like what you're uniquely gifted at doing isn't necessarily all the details or the nuances, especially people who are running businesses. Typically, maybe their strengths is like visionary <laughs> and not necessarily the, the details of what to post when and, and why. And that can, that can stop you from doing it at all. And that's terrible. Right. So yeah. you, you, you and myself are, are good examples of that. If, if we were left to our own accord to, to, to do all of our own social media, I could tell you from my personal self, it wouldn't get done consistently and I'd be flailing on social. So I had to make a conscious decision that instead my time was better spent just creating content period, not learning the nuances, but just creating content. My number one goal week in and week out is to make sure that I leave that week with creating some sort of meaningful content. Then I deliver that content to someone else and they slice and dice it up and put it in social the right way. And I think that's a really good methodology for somebody who does not (laughs) want to live and breathe social media. Yep. Yeah. Good points. When I think about the other mental barriers that I think get in people's way is for sure, like overwhelm. Um, I don't know how to do it or, you know, what's the best way to do it. And so they don't do anything or, Number two, I think there's also like this judgment, you know, if I put something out there and what if people don't like it or comment or, you know, it can be really um, uh, outside of people's comfort zone to use social media, at least for their themselves and their brand. What are your thoughts about like how to overcome that? 
Yeah, the I will tell you that the the most challenging clients that we've ever had in the 12 years I've been doing the agency work mm-hmm. are perfectionists. Mm. People who hate to see themselves on camera, which fine, but but more importantly, they're just people who read over something 15 different times, change every, you know, you know, literally make changes on changes, right? Um, They're the most difficult because in the world of social consistency is better than perfect. Um, Your posts are gone in a moment. They're moments. They're not, you know, footprints in time or whatever, you know, they, they, they come and they go in, in seconds. So we have to be more, thoughtful on how to stay consistent and less about perfectionism, you know? And so I have to work with the mindset of people to say, it's okay that it's not perfect and it's better to be done than, than perfect. And uh, yeah, that's, that's more challenging for some than others. For me, it's not as challenging because I'm not a perfectionist. Obviously, if you look at my work, Uh, (laughs) but, um, but for some people who are, it's really difficult. And the people who post two to three times a week on a consistent basis always do better than the perfectionist who posts once a month and does the perfect post. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really, um, I want to just repeat that for people that they, so they can hear that at an additional, additional time, right? It's like consistency is better than perfect and it's better to post more consistent than making it perfect. And honestly, I think, when I see things that are perfect, I don't, I'm not attracted to that either. Right. right. What about the, the, you know, the comparison piece or the judgment piece? If I, if I put this out on social media, then people won't like it or they won't comment or, you know, do you have any thoughts on that and um, how people can overcome that mental block? Yeah. And I appreciate you asking that. That's very real. And I think that we all have that. I mean, we're all guilty of watching a video or a post and, and seeing if it, if, if, if somebody likes it, you know, and really sure. being attached to the engagement piece and that's understandable. And, and that happens to me every day. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat that that's something that's real. But I think that the good news for all of us is that over time it's gone from quantity to quality. Any social media expert will tell you that it's more meaningful to have 20 really loyal, engaged people than 200 likes that nobody knows anything about or whatever. I, we've gone through this sort of transition of, of numbers are everything. And, 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 and that's, it's a, it's considered a vanity metric in a lot of cases, obviously, if you're an influencer or something like that, yeah, m- those metrics matter. But when it comes to this, at the end of the day, when I talk to clients, they care about people who can actually buy from them yeah. or work with them and not necessarily a thousand eyeballs from different countries or whatever. So I think that, you know, we just have to to work that muscle that says that when we post something, it's okay if we flub a word. Um, I use the example real quick, Sandra, of a, um, a video I did uh, last year where um, it was about an app. Actually, I'll share it because it's a great app. It's called Clips. It's an app for okay. iPhone. And it automatically puts uh, transcriptions, captions underneath the video. And that's a real important thing for those of you listening to do. Because uh, a lot of people listen to videos with the sound off, right? So they watch it and they see the words. So this app puts it on there automatically, which is super cool. But the point of the story is not that app. The point of the story is I 
wanted to share that with my audience, but I was wearing a hat that day. I wasn't clean shaven, which I'm not today either. I was in a t-shirt. I didn't have my office, wasn't available. All these different reasons not to post it. But my wife luckily said, just get outside and go post it. Listen to your own advice, you know? And so I did. And I went outside and I posted and I didn't feel super confident in the way I looked or whatever, but I still posted it. And it was my most engaged video of that year. And boy, what a reminder to me that I almost missed that opportunity because I didn't look exactly the way I wanted to look. Don't worry so much about that. It's not about you. It's about the content that you are offering to your audience. Corey, I think that's a really good point of posting for other people and not necessarily for you. And you're right. We can get in our own head about it, making it, making it look perfect instead of just being real. And so that's one message I'm hearing from you is that it's more important to be present than perfect or real than perfect. I I love that present than perfect. I think that's a great way of doing it. And I always like, and I'm sure you do too. I always like to give actions to the people that are, that are listening to us. So an action that I want those that are listening to us to take is do the one take challenge. I'm giving you the one take challenge, which is, you know, this week or this month, when you're thinking about video for social, whether it be Instagram or TikTok or LinkedIn, they all want video. Um, do the one take challenge, just, just do it, just shoot it and don't, don't retake it. Whatever happens happens, but just shoot it and get, and put it out there. But, um, it'll just help work that muscle of, of the, uh, antithesis to perfectionism. Uh, so instead of, of, you know, could, could I do, you and I could do this podcast again and I could probably stop flubbing or going on too long, but no, just get it out there. Just, just go. So the one take challenge, do it once, post it, let it go. Excellent. So maybe we should take a step back, Corey, and and even talk a little bit about like, why do should we use social media? You know, because I think people could be in their own head, you know, as we're talking about these mental barriers, but why is it really important for our own success to be on there? That's fair. Yeah. Um, the, the why, you know, because that'll motivate people to do. Um, I think that a couple of reasons. One is, you know, social media is a top of mind strategy. So I was just on a sales call right before this. And and their goal is simply to stay in front of potential clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we all have to remind ourselves that we're easily forgettable and left to their own accord. People will forget about us. And yeah. so, so our social, our goal is to, to make sure that doesn't happen. The problem is we can easily be unforgettable by being annoying. We can easily be unforgettable in a lot of bad ways by just, you know, throwing ourselves out there all the time, like you see some of these advertisers do. And instead of making people smile, it makes people want to, you know, throw their computer away. So we don't want that. So then the question is, how do we stay memorable in in Mm -hmm. a valuable way? And so we stay memorable by connecting with them on social. We add value by delivering content that's meaningful to them. So that's why we do social is to, to, to not be forgotten and in the midst of that, to add value so that they're, when they're ready to buy, they think of us and only us. I think that's really important. Um, and then the other thing I would say around why do social is, you know, the power of referral. And, and you know, it's funny, Cindra, I, I say this a lot, but some of these principles, they're not new. None of them are new, which is so funny. Like, for example, the old adage in sales is... Um, 
referrals is the number one way to get sales, right? The word of mouth. When you used mm-hmm. to ask people in the 80s, 90s, you know, what's the number one way you get, you know, word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. So yes, today, 2022, what, what's the number one way you get business? It's still word of mouth. It's just word of mouth done differently. So with social, you can get somebody to talk about you on social to a thousand people or a hundred people or 50 people, as opposed to your neighbor going across the street and telling one person, right? So it's the same thing that we always wanted back in the day. It's just done in an exponential, you know, more efficient way, which is another good reason to do social. Yeah. I like those reasons, Corey. I think they're really powerful to not be forgotten and to add value, right? Because of the power of referral, you never know if someone sees you on social media and says, hey, you should go talk to Corey or you should talk to Cinder or you should, yeah, impact social media is the way to go if you want, you know, services done for social media, right? You never know who's going to see it and and talk about your, uh, and, and share your name or share your service. But I think the add value piece is important um, and just adding value as you're posting. So one of the things that you talk about, Corey, like I know one of your keynotes is about being authentically social. Tell us what that means. Yeah, so authentically social for me means bringing your real authentic self to your social media, Um, not trying to be someone else, not trying to be too professional or too corporate or too cool or too TikTok-y or whatever it is, Um, but just just being yourself over the years. And this just comes from purely seeing and watching all of our clients and other people do their social that when it doesn't matter the industry, it doesn't matter how popular you are on social, when people are themselves, they tend to do better on social than when they phone it in. You know, and so um, I look at one social media campaign for a mortgage company and it's, it's a brochure. It's just, you know, a marketing piece, an article, a link to their website, and you go through and it's one like, zero likes, zero likes, zero likes, one like. Then you go over here, it's a mortgage company, same size, but you have a video of uh, a client testimonial. You have a Friday afternoon party at their office and, and, and uh, showing carousel pictures of that. You've got the two owners uh, having a conversation around um, mortgage questions that their, their customers have been asking recently. You've got a funny mortgage meme on Friday, six likes, 12 likes, 18 likes, 19 likes, you know, two shares. What's the difference? They're being themselves. They're showing their personality, their culture, they're humanizing their brand. On the other side, they're a brochure or a billboard. Social media is not a brochure. It's not a billboard. It's social media. And so the more you can bring your authentic self to social, the more engagement you'll get. Mm. Social media is not a brochure or a billboard. So how do we use this idea as we're posting? I think you have some principles to help us um, really think about how can we be authentic on social? Tell us about those. Yeah, I've got a couple of things that I, t- I tend to say on stage that 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 people will will take with them, you know, as they do it on their social. One is uh, talk more about your baristas, less about your coffee. And what I mean by that is when I go to my local coffee shop, and the reason I'm loyal to that coffee shop, it's not necessarily the product. Um, I like coffee, but it's not the driver of which 
location I'll go to because I kind of like all coffee. Um, it matters, but not to the extent that the experience that I have matters. And the experience is created by the people that are in the coffee shop. So my favorite coffee shop is because of Martin and Cheryl and Samantha and Steven, the people that are inside that coffee shop, not the coffee. <laughs> so as that translates to our own businesses, uh, and, and, and one of the areas that I think that we can focus on on social is to talk about our people behind our brand, the people that make our brand. That might be a, 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 an employee spotlight. That might mean that we let one of our team members take over our social one day. That might mean um, that we let some of our customers talk about you know, our clientele. But, but one of the buckets that we like to do with our clients is sh- turning the spotlight from our business to our people yeah. and letting them uh, become the focus or the hero in our digital story, not all the time, but sometimes. So I think shedding some spotlight to our uh, team, our staff, our employees is, is awesome. Another principle that we, that I recommend on, on sort of how to be more authentic um, is turning that spotlight on your community. So we have now taken the spotlight off of our business We've put it on our people. Now we put it on uh, our communities. So especially businesses that are locally based, um, part of the differentiator for them over other businesses is how connected they are to their community. So another bucket that I recommend people use on social is talking about their community. Um, You know, this might be pictures of them in partnership with a nonprofit. This might be... um, highlighting a local business in their area, uh, things of that nature. But again, thinking about turning that spotlight away from ourselves to other people uh, and to, to other businesses within our community. Another um, authentically social principle that we talk about a lot, which I think is important, is to not necessarily be on all social platforms, but instead double down on the features within those platforms. So I'm often asked, Corey, should I be on TikTok? Should I be on Twitter? Should I be on this, that, the other? My suggestion back to those people are focus on a few platforms Mm -hmm. that make the most sense to your business and do them really well. So for example, Instagram is one that people talk about a lot right now. And I think that that is definitely a great platform for most businesses to be on. But instead of just posting in the native feed, I recommend doubling down on the features that Instagram is pushing right now. For example, Reels is one of those examples. So a lot of our businesses that we consult with, when I go to their social media, their Instagram is just pictures or just videos on the feed, but they're missing out on the Reels aspect, these shortened, quick videos that are competing with TikTok. So once we get them to do a Reel within Instagram, their engagement skyrockets and they wonder why. They're like, Corey, it's the same kind of video I was doing last week, but we just did it in a different way. Yeah, but that's because Instagram is pushing reels. They're pushing it. So we want to get within the, the, the features that they're already pushing, right? Right. So that's one of the things that I recommend to the folks that are listening is don't feel like you have to be on every different platform, but figure out the features that each platform is focusing on and do those really well. Excellent. You know, I think you made a good point about 
where do I get started? And let's say people aren't necessarily on social media or aren't on it as much as they want. Which platform, you know, you said pick two or three and double down on the features, right? How do people know um, which they should be on? And I think about, you know, my audience, where my audience is, that's how I determine it. But is that the best way to determine what platforms you should be on? Um, what are your thoughts there, Corey? That, that's exactly the, the way they should do it. So let's just use you as a quick case study. So who, what is your demographic? Like generally, what would you say your demographic is? So I think for my own coaching, one-on-one coaching and the coaching of my mentally strong coaches, it's um, high potential leaders and athletes. Okay. So on the high potential leaders side, um, you're talking about, you know, executives, C-level, that type of thing. So of course that rings LinkedIn to mind for me, right? Which would be a a place. And then when you said athletes, although LinkedIn might be too, uh, Instagram might come to play. If if it's a little bit of a younger demographic, then of course, TikTok definitely comes into the conversation. Facebook goes off of the conversation. So it really does depend on your audience. Whereas I'll have a mortgage company where they'll be focused primarily on retirees. TikTok and Instagram, of course, is not the platform. So it really depends on the audience demographic to where you're going to be. I think LinkedIn is one that tends to, if anyone is interested in C-level executives to, to B2B, LinkedIn always comes to the forefront. I think they're doing some amazing things on their platform. I think that of all the years, Syndra, of our clients and where they've gotten the most results, I would say LinkedIn would probably be the number one platform. And so just a couple of quick things for your listeners on that. You know, uh, although I mentioned earlier that video is something that LinkedIn is pushing, and I think that you should definitely be looking to do more video on LinkedIn. It's still a very text-friendly platform. So don't be afraid to do some long-form text posts on LinkedIn that are rich in value. Um, you might be talking about, you know, in your case, you might, you know, may have had a coaching session with a client and a, and a question came up that you wanted to answer for the rest of the world. So you might say that might all be written out and, you know, people are more apt to comment on written content than they may be on video content because their comments aren't videos. They're, they're comments, they're written. So it makes more sense to, to interact with a written comment than a video content. So we have found and we've tested a lot that those written posts tend to do better on LinkedIn, whereas, of course, on Instagram and Facebook, it's the opposite. It's a shorter mm-hmm. version. It's image-based. It's video-based, that type of thing. So just know that if, if LinkedIn is a, is, a, is a place that you're focusing your attention on, written content still makes a lot of sense over there, which is, which is cool for writers. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And when you say that LinkedIn has been one of the, you know, the places where a lot of your clients have gotten um, good traction with, tell us a little bit about how has their business grown by using LinkedIn or what are you seeing in terms of the um, outcome of being on some, some of these social media platforms? I think it's just quality over quantity. I think that, you know, I've had a lot of clients where, like you said, decision makers, business owners, C-level are, I mentioned earlier, what, what's our goal? Stay top of mind, get people to interact with us, be, be on their radar. Well, when, when you say people on Instagram and Facebook, it might be 
Joe Schmo. On LinkedIn, it's the human resources director. It's the training development director. It's the CEO. It's, you know, it's the people that write the checks. So um, I've had multiple clients say that, you know, Corey, I wrote a post or I commented on somebody's post. And at that right time, when they were looking for them, they saw it and they got a note, they got an email or a, an email. Hey, you know, I meant to ask you about life insurance, or I meant to ask you about showing me some properties or whatever your business is. And it was just that little reminder because you were connected with them on LinkedIn that got them to shoot off the email, make the phone call or do an in-mail. Um, and one other thing I'll mention to folks that are interested on LinkedIn, what's kind of counter counterintuitive is I mentioned commenting on other people's posts. That could probably be the best thing you can do with your time on LinkedIn is not necessarily creating content on your own profile, but actually creating or adding to conversations on other people's profile is in a lot of ways more valuable than creating content on your own platform. And is it because then the people that you want to influence sees you, they see your comment and they see you, or is there any other value there that I'm missing? Yes. So yes and yes. Okay. Yes. By you interacting on their, their feed. The cool thing about that comment is that their whole network can see or, or you know, has the opportunity to see you and, and who you are. So you're engaging with other people and you're building a, a sort of a new audience. But the other benefit to it is the number one reason, the number one uh, algorithm tick for LinkedIn is conversation. In other words, let me say that in a better way. Instagram and Facebook are looking for eyeballs, uh, for ads, things of that nature. They want quick, quick, quick. They just want eyeballs, 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 because advertising is what makes them money. LinkedIn, on the contrary, what makes them money is their uh, premium subscribers. So they want longer uh, engagement. They want people to stay a while. They want people interacting with each other. Very different model. So when they see conversations happening, they like that. So when Syndra goes out and converses on other people's platforms, they say, good job, Syndra. So the next time you post on yours, they're going to scratch your back if that makes sense. Sure. So they, they like that you're out engaging. And so they consider you uh, an engager or conversation creator. So they're going to show your posts to more people as well. Nice. That makes sense? Yeah, Hopefully those are really simple. practical. Okay. Um, I wrote down for LinkedIn, you know, video is a possibility there. Long form LinkedIn posts, written posts are still really good and commenting on other people's posts. What about um, something like Instagram? I know that's been a really big platform recently. What are some tools or strategies you would encourage us to use if we're on Instagram? Yeah, you know, Instagram's, you know, just a, an environment where people want, as we talked about, when you talk about that authentic, authenticity, being more authentic, I think Instagram really is the platform that that transcended that or kind of brought that into the, the to the limelight or the forefront. So we want to keep doing that, you know, really being ourselves and our the human side. And 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 so definitely make sure that when you move to that platform that you are being your most authentic, real, real self. Not that you wouldn't do that on LinkedIn, but just, you know, showing the behind the scenes and a little bit more of like, um, you know, your passions and, and the social side of you makes a little bit more sense on Instagram than it might on LinkedIn. I mentioned earlier about using reels. 
as a feature. I think that's huge. Um, motion moves the needle on, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Motion moves the needle. So the static imagery that were so awesome on Instagram three years ago, no more. So now it's movement. So people say then, well, does that mean images or static photography are gone? No, it just means we want to present it in a different way. So carousel posts, as an example, Mm. these are multiple images that you can do in the same post. So Mm -hmm. somebody might say, well, Corey, I like to, I, I want to offer value on Instagram. How do I do that if I don't want to do video? Well, what you can do is you can do a series of images with some content on it and kind of create a story out of that. So it might be one image might be a question I'm often asked. And then you hit the arrow button and the next one is, and it's the question. And then the next one is here are the three ways I answer that. So it's a way of creating an experience or multiple images and kind of playing to the Instagram game, but still being able to deliver value. You know, so I think using carousel posts is a great way for Instagram. And then of course, shorter is better. And just be, you know, if it's not you, somebody being really uh, proficient and using all the different features that Instagram has to offer text layover um, captions, hashtags, you know, all the Mm -hmm. things to make it work within Instagram. So what we do with our folks real quick is, They shoot that video or they give us that content. They don't worry about Instagram. And then my team takes it in. They make it look good within Instagram. They five hashtags that um, make the most sense within Instagram. Um, uh, They put captions in there so that people can read it while they're watching it. Uh, They might do little blurbs and things if it makes sense, you know, just some things that that make it more fun to watch and, and, and interesting to engage in. Yeah, excellent. Really practical tools and and sort of tips that we can use if we're on Instagram. What about, I'm thinking about one more, we can talk about one more platform and that's TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. (laughs) So I might have some mental barriers there that I got to work through. Um, But I'm thinking about, especially if our audience is maybe the younger audience, um, what would you recommend if we want to be on TikTok? Yeah, it's a good good question. So my my claim to fame, if you will, is the I'm I'm the social media guy that tells you to stay as far away from TikTok as possible. And I use that <laughs> I say that with a grain of salt though. I mean, that's kind of my my shtick a little bit, you know, and maybe in my older age, I'm just that guy that it's finally, you know, just saying no to certain. But the reason I say that is just because I feel like it's the poster child of what's in the news and what people, the shiny penny syndrome. And I swear it was Snapchat three years ago, right? I mean, don't you remember when everyone was telling you to snap and, 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 and to do, to, to be an sure. avid Snapchat user. And now do, do, mm-hmm. does anyone ever even talk about Snapchat anymore? I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what is going to happen to TikTok, but here's what I do know. It's got a very young audience. So if your audience is not that young, then, you know, 13 to 26, say, then I'm not sure that there's a relevance to you today. And, and here's the kicker. When platforms like TikTok come up, Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn tend to just steal all the cool features from it. So you see Instagram doing that right now. TikTok came along with a short 30 second video. Everybody got super excited about it. So what did Instagram do? Well, they created reels. 
And then, you know, the music behind it. Well, Instagram has music behind it. So they're literally just taking all the great stuff from TikTok and doing it themselves. So I don't know. You got to just kind of watch that over the years. So if your audience is, is younger, sure, go play on TikTok. That's not my world. But what I would tell your listeners is you don't have to be on TikTok and it has to make business sense for you to be on TikTok. That would be my advice. Excellent. Well, Corey, I'm so grateful today that you've provided us so much value and uh, got me thinking about a lot of things about social media that I need to continue to grow in. Um, Tell us a bit about how people can find more about your keynote speaking and then your company, Impact Social Media, who... Uh, which is a full-service digital marketing company. Sure thing, Sandra. Thank you for having me today. It's been fun. Um, to learn about uh, me as a speaker, you can go to coreyperlman.com. So that's with an E, C-O-R-E-Y, and then P-E-R-L-M-A-N.com. So coreyperlman.com. Uh, our a- agency is called Impact Social Media. So impactsocialmedia.com. And you can learn more about uh, our, our full-service digital marketing agency. And most importantly, I'd love to connect with your listeners on social. So they can find me on Instagram at Corey Perlman Speaks or on LinkedIn uh, at Corey Perlman. Those would be the best places to find me. Uh, happy to answer any follow-up questions that you have or even engage in discussion of some things that you agree or don't agree on. You know, I know lots of people, Sindra, that are kicking butt on TikTok and that's great. And I could be completely wrong on that platform, but that's just my, that's my spiel and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, Corey, we're so grateful that you're you are here today um, to share with us your wisdom. And here are some of the things I got from the podcast as a way to summarize what we talked about. Um, at the beginning, you really talked about finding a balance on social media and uh, you don't have to be on there all the time, which I think uh, feels really good to me. Maybe you just pick two or three that you want to double down on the features. You said consistency is better than perfect and how perfectionism can be um, one of the mental barriers to uh, really um, getting out there on social media with our work. Why do we want to be on social media to not be forgotten, to add value, and then the power of referral? And then you shared with us three principles to be our authentic self on social media. Um, Talk about the people that support you or in your organization, spotlight the community and double down on the features. And then thank you so much for the different um, tips on LinkedIn or Instagram or TikTok. So thank you again for being on the High Performance Mindset today, Corey. It was my pleasure. It was a great summary. Thank you, Sinja, for having me. Way to go for finishing another episode of the High Performance Mindset. I'm giving you a virtual fist pump. Holy cow, did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, remember to subscribe and you can head over to Dr. Sindra for show notes and to join my exclusive community for high performers where you get access to videos about mindset each week. So again, you can head over to Dr. Sindra, that's D-R-C-I-N-D-R-A dot com. See you next week.